Hi, Chris Valentin here. Welcome to my podcast, where I hope to inspire you to transform the world within you and transform the world around you. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Are you hungry to advance your prophetic calling and step into your unique prophetic destiny? It's time to break the silence, stand boldly in dark places, and resound the truth across the nations. Join us at the School of the Prophets, a transformative four-and-a-half-day intensive training school. You will gain understanding in your prophetic calling, refine your gifting, and grow in confidence to spearhead cultural change. Register for this year's School of Prophets, August 7th through the 11th, in person or online at Bethel.com forward slash events. God bless. Hi everyone, it's Allie Valton here, and I'm here to let you know that the conversation you're about to listen to came from a live Q&A session on Chris's social media accounts. I hope you enjoy. Daniel McCollum is going to be joining us in just a minute. I'm so uh, really, really excited. Daniel and I have been together for 25 years this year. We've been doing the School of the Prophets for 20 years, I, th- I think 20 years, but I think we missed a year in between. I think we missed one year, so I think this is our our 19th year coming up this year. And Dano is one of the most, uh, he's one of the most intelligent uh, people that I, I've ever actually met. And he's really grown to be one of the most profound prophetic people that I've ever known. And you know, there are a lot of people that have powerful prophetic words and that's great. And we so honor them. We have a whole church full of people who are, you know, they're just so profoundly p- prophetic. But then there's the the mothers and fathers of the prophetic that really do equip people as, um, you know, Ephesians 4 says that the prophets equip the saints to do the work of service. And Dano may be one of the top five equippers, well, in modern times, to be honest. And if not, maybe the most uh, profound and skilled uh, equipper um, maybe in modern history, but, and, um, you know, uh, he was largely unknown before we started doing the school of the prophets. And, you know, in the last gosh, four or five years, his, uh, notoriety has dramatically increased. And, uh, I'm just, uh, so excited to have him on the team. When we first started doing the school of the prophets, you know, there would be a, a, a line, uh, when we were standing up there waiting to talk to people, and over the last, you know, 20 years, there's a big old line for him. And I'm the one over here going, hey. So he has uh, really gained notoriety among the, the other prophets in our, in, our, um, in our movement, in our congregation. And he's uh, incredibly patient with people. So he has, this, uh, he has this beautiful character trait that I have uh, struggled to possess. Hey, you're on, bro. Good to see hey, you. Bye. How are yeah, you? Yeah, good to see you. Doing good. Yeah. 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 Good. It, it, uh, you you have a good weekend? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I was here at my local church, um, which I love, and Bill Vanderbush was speaking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. He is amazing. It's good stuff. Yeah. yeah his his wife, Tracy. I love those guys. They're, 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 uh, they're wonderful. Yeah. They are. Hey, we got a school of prophets coming up in August. <laughs> Excited. Yeah, we got. We never yeah. did figure out how many years we've well, done I, this. <laughs> I, think, I think we. I think this is our like twentieth year, but we missed. Did we miss one or two in those twenty years? 
I think two. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so maybe this is our 18th, 17th, or 18th school. That department. sounds right. To yeah. Me. Yeah. And uh, the early days, it was a pretty. It was just kind of you and me, man, preaching it up. And totally. Now we got this, <laughs> this wonderful team around us. It's so true. The young, the the young mighty ones rising up. Exactly. Dano uh, has the a company of prophets, and you also have the Finders team, and you have you have uh, you have a couple other uh, newer things that I I probably don't know the titles to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm privileged to partner with you in the uh, SQ Institute yep. Spiritual Intelligence, yep. which I love. Um, but yeah, we have branches of prophetic company that work in the area of worship. Uh, work in the area of prophetic processing. Uh, we're developing one in prophetic evangelism. And we've got one really, Chris, uh, a family division of prophetic company of uh, family-style prophecy, learning to prophesy together as families and even uh, establishing the identity of an inheritance of family groups. That's, is so, that brand new or am I just, am I just ignorant? It, it's pretty new. Yeah, it's it's new since last year. We've been working on it for a while, but um, we've got a lady that's pioneering it for us in the Dallas-Fort Worth area uh, who is really powerful, uh, Nikki Kamali. And uh, she's with uh, Steve and Marcy Fish. Yep. You know them. Oh, yeah. And uh, she's been pioneering this for us. Uh, she's also been training there in Dallas with Todd White and some with the Antioch Church as well. Uh, but we're we're really hitting this mountain of family on the issue of prophetic identity. If we could figure out who heaven says we are and let God's voice be the center of that conversation, um, a lot of the of the confusion that is plaguing our generation could could be cleared up and healed. And uh, so we're excited about giving parents and children, and grandparents, the tools to help recognize that and sew into that and even develop it as a family unit. Wow. wow, that's really good. Yeah, I think there's this thing about knowing your kid's future present, right? Yes. That's a piece of it. I know that's not all that you do, but there's well, a... When we get, yeah, when we don't know it, we tend to just pray the problems rather than agree with the answers. And the most powerful form of prayer is agreeing with heaven. And uh, so what the prophetic does is gives us the tools to be able to know what God is saying, what God desires to do, and instead of praying the problem, we get to partner with the answer, uh, which is a much more effective way of functioning. <laughs> yes, it, it is. What does it mean to, you know, where is the biblical precedence, precedence for a company of prophets? Like we use yeah. that word, like where, where's the, and, and then the second question is why, why is it important to actually be in a company, a, a community, you, you know, we're, we're kind of, are we not in kind of this season of long strangers, you know, uh, yeah. you know, and uh, in, independence is kind of, you know, on, like on the rise, especially I would even say exponentially since COVID. So just speak to speak to those two things they're they're actually related aren't they Yeah
Love it. Love it. Well, it's actually an ancient biblical concept. As a matter of fact, we always find that the healthiest seasons of the prophetic in the Bible are when there was a community of prophetic people. And I believe one of the reasons for that is in the New Testament, we have the instruction in 1 Corinthians 13 that now we know in part and we prophesy in part. You know what? When we're in a community, we have more parts. <laughs> you know, and, and so we have better intel. We have the opportunity to get um, more pieces of the puzzle and to reason together. Come let us reason together. Yeah. Not human reasoning, but heavenly reasoning of, hey, this is what I'm hearing. What are you seeing? What are you sensing? What are you perceiving? And when we put those parts together, we have a much more accurate and clear picture of what God's saying and wanting to do. We have built-in accountability systems where uh, we're not just, you know, we often say the Lone Ranger becomes the weird stranger. You know, when left to ourselves, we get unhealthy because we were built to be a body. We were built to be part of a family. And so prophetic communities give us a place of healthy accountability, of greater clarity, and then also there's the synergy of our diversity. In other words, uh, you know, in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant, when everybody had a common language and a common vision, but not a redeemed viewpoint, they began to build the Tower of Babel, and God looked upon it and he said, hey, if these guys keep on, nothing will be impossible for them. Yep, exactly. Well, you know, that's not a statement against unity. <laughs> God desires and has made available that nothing would be impossible to those who believe. And, uh, but that is a promise especially for us living in community. And um, when we have a common language and it's the language of heaven, when we have a common vision and it's the heart of the Father, then as a community, nothing will be impossible for those who believe together. There's a synergy that the earth has not yet seen that Jesus prayed for. He said, God, let them see that we're one and let them be one so that the world can know um, there is a oneness not of conformity, but there is a oneness of diversity and synergy that the world is craving and that heaven is screaming for that is a huge part of, of prophetic community. That's really cool. Yeah, I was thinking of you know this company of uh, this company of prophetic people or company of prophets is actually also this company becomes like a family, doesn't it? Yeah. Like Elijah enters the cave, and before he enters the cave, uh, he, he enters the cave as a leader of a company, and he comes out of the cave as, from that day on, the company's called the Sons of the Prophets. And so That's right. he enters as you know an orphan leader, and he exits the cave as a spiritual father. So good. Pretty powerful. Hey, how do prophetic people actually tap into the full, their full spiritual experience in a way that actually affects culture, right? Because I'm over here getting, you know, great words from me or whatever. But how do, how do, we, how do we actually, first of all, how do we tap into our, the fullness of our spiritual experience? 
And the second part of that, or maybe the continuation of that is, how does that full spiritual experience actually benefit people and realms of culture around us? Those are great questions. I think, Chris, part of what you and I are trying to build with the School of the Prophets is people who are inquiring of the Lord for answers rather than magnifying the problems. You know, um, the uh, so many people have carried an Old Covenant model of prophets into the New Covenant. But the Scripture says that in Ephesians 4, that when Jesus ascended, he gave gifts to men, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, and evangelist. If a New Testament prophet is, is the same as an Old Testament prophet, then why was it given after the ascension? And what does the resurrection and ascension of Christ contribute to the discussion of what a prophet's supposed to look like? Well, part of that has to do with the covenant that they magnify. The Old Covenant was magnifying the problems so that when the New Covenant came, we would know that Jesus was the answer. Wow. The problem is many people are continuing to magnify the problems with their prophetic voice rather than actually bring the answers. It's incongruent to say that Jesus is the answer and to not have any. <laughs> yeah. There's a great quote. And so we're looking for a community of prophetic people who will aim their gifts and their faith at acquiring answers. Even the Old Testament prophet Habakkuk in chapter 2, he said, I'll station myself at my watch and uh, at the buildup, at the ramparts, and I will watch to see what the Lord is to say to me and what answer I'm to give to this complaint. In other words, he wasn't part of magnifying the sins, the problems, the turmoil of his generation. He was a prophet who was inquiring for answers and solutions. And I believe that part of, uh, part of being a cultural catalyst is taking responsibility for problems. Yeah. Uh, for too long, the prophetic community has been pointing fingers and, uh, and accusing the world of its wrongs rather than offering viable solutions. And I think once we enter into ownership, once we say, hey, listen, the world's problems are my problems, you know, and I am owning the responsibility of cleaning up this mess. I'm owning the responsibility of finding kingdom answers, heaven's solutions to earth problems, um, I think that's the beginning of prophetic communities being cultural catalysts. That's so good. I love it. Yeah, I completely agree, obviously. I, I really get tired of the sky is falling kind of stuff, and I'm like, actually... You don't actually have to be a prophet to know that there are lots of things in culture that are go are going bad, right? And and some of those are getting worse. Like it doesn't. Sometimes it's it's kind of surprising to me that prophetic people get in this mode, and I think they become like the, a bad company. You know, there's used to be a bad band called Bad Company, and I like they're like Bad Company. They get together and talk about you know the next conspiracy and. You know, and, and I'm like, okay, those things, honestly, they may be true. I, I, I'm not sure 
how we're helping the situation, usually the answer, their answer, in my opinion, is often like, we need to get this person elected and that's gonna solve it all. And I'm like, well, I think we need some deeper answers than, I think we need some heart answers, you know? So good. Trans- I, I, I think the Lord's wanting to download some some systems. He's, he's wanting, another place. I, yeah. I believe there's that the prophetic is moving from a place of only discerning what's going on to word of wisdom, where God begins to download heavenly solutions, heavenly systems, heavenly structures of better ways to do things. You know, the the Sermon on the Mount is a better way to do things. <laughs> you know, the the law of the Lord is a better way to do things. And um, uh, so it's, it's all about, you know, um, I, I've heard... Bill say many times that you can't have inferior results in a superior covenant. You know, Second mm-hmm. Corinthians talks about how that Moses's glory is not even worthy to be called glory compared <laughs> to what we have in Christ Jesus. Exactly. Talking about the superiority of our covenant. Well, if Solomon had a wisdom that kings of the earth sent people to go sit at his feet, while he talked about trees and plants and about animals, he was the discovery channel of his day because he was a solutionary source. And yet in Colossians, it says that all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in the person of Jesus Christ. I'm looking for a community who is wanting to mine those treasures, who wants to access through the intimacy that Christ has given us, not one that we ourselves established, but one that was given us through the person of Jesus Christ, unlimited access to the throne by the blood of Jesus so that we could access those treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So I believe that uh, we position ourselves with our faith to expect answers. We position ourselves in responsibility to take on problems and we're not... um, we're not playing checkers, we're playing chess. We're looking at solutions that are systemic and not just a one-off um, sign and wonder in a way. You know, like I believe in sign and wonders, I'm totally into that, but they tend to be singularities and not systems of answer. And um, so they solve our present crisis, but they don't reform the culture that caused that problem or that crisis. And uh, I believe that what the Father is wanting to unveil right now is words of wisdom that are systemic solutions that actually stop the problems at their root and revolutionize and transform the culture. Yeah, and some of that's, of course, heart too, right? Like like systems that facilitate healthy hearts. Yeah, yeah, so good. Uh, yeah, that's so good. I was thinking when you said chess, I often think we're playing like three-level chess, you know? I don't know if you've ever seen any of those boards. I've never known anybody who actually played three-level chess, but it's I don't, you'd have to be a genius of geniuses to do it, I guess. But, you know, we have a, the third heaven that we're seated in and the yeah. second heaven that the enemy's in. And then we have the first heaven, you know, visible human realm that we live in. And oftentimes, you know, we're creating... We're not creating sustainable solutions because 
you know, we're creating, we're creating, you know, um, symptomatic cures. Yes. Today's cure becomes tomorrow's problem. And I think it's interesting that you mentioned, you know, Solomon with the trees and all, all of that, that he was speaking into, because I think creation care is a really huge uh, part of what we're supposed to be, you know, um, actually doing. And I, I, you know, I don't know what I, I, I like, I wouldn't want to get into the, the debate with anybody over, you know, climate change um, as far as a specific issue. But what I do believe, like whether it's you know, true or not true, and I, I've listened to both sides and I walk away as someone who's not a scientist and say, gosh, that there's some like evidence on both sides and I can certainly understand how people are polarized to one or the other. But what I do feel good about is, and that I feel strongly about, is that the Lord wants us to take care of the planet. Like that was the first command to, to Adam to you know cultivate the garden and i and i do feel like there you know there are things that are happening in in our environment environmental issues that are real whether they're affecting the climate is you know something that i still i i mean i would honestly say yeah i'm not i'm not sure about that exactly but i'm very sure that there's pollution there are there are things happening that that we should address and then you know there are other things like homelessness and um you know there there are there are so uh morality of course is my is my passion but um there there are all these things that honestly in the old covenant whenever god wanted to move in the old testament he first sent his prophets and this is part of how we how we've opened the last few school of the prophets were like isn't it interesting that when the Lord wanted to shift culture, like when he was fed up with it, when he was fed up with the free will of man going towards evil or going towards destruction, he first would send a prophet. Like, think about Abraham, think about Moses, think about Elijah, think about Elisha. And, um, you know, and then we get this, in the last days I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even upon your bond service in those days, Shall I pour up my spirit and they shall prophesy? And isn't it interesting that the Lord opens up the new era of the new covenant with a prophetic initiation in which everybody prophesies? Yeah. And it's like it's like it's like if you if you were to read the Old Testament all the way through, or at least like at least like first and second Kings. And, you know, first and second Samuel, and you're like, wow, isn't it interesting? And every time God wants to shift culture, he sends the prophets. In the new covenant, he sends a whole prophetic move. Yeah, so important. And that that's really is at the heart of prophetic company, is that it's not just about prophets now hearing God for us. It's about prophets hearing God with us. That now Ooh. the Spirit's out on all flesh, so that every son and daughter can again see what God is doing, hear what God is saying, feel the heart of the Father, and perceive with understanding what the Lord wants to do in our season. And so um, that shift of, listen, the scripture says there's one mediator between God and man, the Lord Jesus Christ. Too many prophets are trying to set themselves up as the mediator between God and man oh. again. I don't want to hear God for 
for you. I want to hear God with you because we're stronger together. Uh, prophets today are about equipping the saints to realize the grace, the fullness of the grace that was poured out in Jesus so that we can hear and see and sense and perceive together. And, um, and that's what makes a prophetic community. It's not just prophets, but actually sons and daughters of God who know who they are and know what they have through Christ and begin to access that um, and, and become this master's mind. You know, there, there's a mood to have these master <laughs> mastermind classes, but, but it's about having the master's mind Ooh, um, collectively. That. Yeah, yeah. A friend of ours, Pedro Adeo, runs a master's mind where they are gathering as as entrepreneurs, not just to um, share what they know, but to share what they're seeing and hearing and perceiving together in community to um, accelerate our our third heaven breakthrough. Honestly, you know, um, realizing that our first heaven is 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 affected by what's going on in the heaven. <laughs> Was, uh, I wish I would have thought of the master's mind first because that would have been the SQ book. That would have been a great title. <laughs> mind, huh? Well, there's probably still some room. <laughs> probably is. Hey, you've written a bunch of books on prophetic, and what you what you are a master at in our world is helping the mystics because I'd say. I know we don't separate these like mystics are prophetic people and or prophets and prophetic people aren't aren't you know I mean but we do we do separate like the knobby kind of hear see kind of guy and gal from the mystical like the mystic realm would you know if you're unfamiliar with it you might you know read read the book of uh, Ezekiel that give you a great example or even some of the Daniel experiences are are pretty like kind of set to the mystical side and you personally in our movement have done a wonderful job i'll say shepherding those mystics to create some positive <laughs> i'm trying to be kind here you know some positive movement out of that mystical experience talk a little bit about you know how you embrace can I just say those the people who see and hear things, they can be, you know, and we have a lot of experience with it. They can be strange, right? Absolutely. Well, Chris, my my journey started with my oldest son, who I found out was a mystical seer, um, involuntary seer, seeing angels and demons. And to be honest, being a pastor for many years, an evangelist, a youth pastor, a worship leader. I still didn't even know that was a thing. I mean, I saw it in the Bible, but I didn't know it was a current thing until I encountered it in my own family 35 years ago, you know? And, um, and so now, yeah, exactly. You know, and I tested him. I quizzed him on some stuff. Oh yeah. Then what about this? And what about this? And he had answers that I didn't have to tell you the truth. And he, when I would follow what he was seeing, it would increase my effectiveness exponentially, especially in praying for the sick or in healing or deliverance. Um, it, I would see an exponential increase by listening to him. So I had the lesson first in my own family. 
And uh, I, I want to just say to parents out there, you are the greatest cultural catalysts in the universe. Come on. Parents, you are the greatest cultural catalysts. And, um, and so uh, one of the greatest ways to be a cultural catalyst is to help your child recognize and respond to the voice of God. How do they receive spiritual information and what do you do with that? So when we're working with mystics, we have three goals. And um, those goals are, first of all, to normalize. In other words, we want to we understand that a, a mysterious experience has usually happened other times throughout history in credible people, which takes us to the second point, contextualize. All right, we want to find scripture for any experience we have. We want to find scripture or something in Christian history that would give credence, credibility, understanding to what is happening in a mystical experience. And then the third thing is we want to weaponize. And what we mean by that, in Ephesians 2.20, it says that the church is built on a foundation of apostles and prophets. Apostle is the sending out in practical service. And the prophetic is the receiving of the spiritual insight. And so what happens is a lot of, of mystics get locked up with their prophetic insight but have no practical outflow, no practical function. And so what we want to do is create a culture that can normalize these experiences. We're not pursuing these experiences but you need to have a place where you can come in and share what happened to you without people thinking you're crazy or that you're in error. And, but you also have to be teachable. And this is where the context comes in of, of reading Ezekiel and reading in Scripture some of these similar experiences and even some of the great saints and early church fathers throughout history some of our revivalists throughout history to get context so that we have a scriptural grounding for what's happening listen the spirit and the truth are not in competition they're actually in um they're they're actually in quantum entanglement <laughs> oh like you can't really have a truth without experiencing that truth you can't hold it in right balance without that truth having a tangible expression. Neither can you hold on to an experience that you don't have scripture for, that you don't have truth for. If you don't understand the experience, the experience will not have its apostolic or practical result of serving uh, the people and the places around you. So, um, so that's what we mean by weaponize. It's not actually... It just kind of fits, you know, normalize, contextualize, weaponize. But what we mean by that is that um, it, uh, we want to help people that are embracing mysterious experiences to have a healthy, practical outflow. And that's one of the reasons we do the finders, Chris, is, um, you know, our Dallas-Fort Worth group uh, found 20 miners in the first six weeks of this year. I, I haven't talked to them since then, so I don't know what it is. But they rescued 20 miners using prophetic insights. A lot of those people... You're talking about young people who were missing? That's correct. Young people yes. missing. That's incredible. 20 in the first, first six weeks. Wow. They have, 
they have six private investigators that work with their organization so that as soon as they get the intel the private investigators have the legal um, right and the proper procedures for following up on it which is why this particular group has such a high um, uh, output uh, because of the team they put together so it, it's really beautiful it speaks to the power of prophetic community but it also speaks to what harnessing some of this mystical experiences can do in a practical realm I mean why should the psychics have all the fun in solving crimes and you know you know is any of that real well if it is true then it can only be true ultimately it can only be a treasure in the person of truth the Lord Jesus Christ and we're just trying to restore all of those things back to the honor and the glory of Jesus that is beautiful well here we go Here, uh, here's our gig August 7th through the 11th 2023 five full days of school of the prophets and you can come in person and the last few years you can actually come online and so and it, by the way I obviously you know I'm partial to the in-person I, I love actually you know getting them in the room getting our hands on them getting them in you know in in uh, revival groups but uh, the online has been really powerful also so you can join us online that's again August 7th through the 11th for more information you can just how do they get more information we'll put a link I just looked at, at my little note here and like oh there's nothing for more information actually for more information in the comment line we'll put a link it'll take you right to the page it's gonna be awesome we'll have hundreds of people that that you know I always say it's like being ugly on Halloween you know it's like you finally feel like you fit in you know it's like probably got to think of a, a new analogy because that seems offensive but I mean one of the th things that happens in School of Prophets and one of the reasons why I love the in-person part so much is because people who they've you know often go to churches that don't embrace the prophetic or they don't have a prophetic community they 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 end up in a room and they literally like you know mama daddy brother sister and it's like for uh, we what is this is one of the most common comments people make in one way or another like i found my family here's my people and so we're going to be we're going to be doing that you're going to love it it's going to be intense. They, you know, it'll be day and night. So, you know, put your seatbelt on. You're going to not just hear stuff. You're going to experience stuff. Like uh, we have encounter rooms, and you know, if you've no, if you've never had much of a prophetic experience, you're definitely going to have one. And, you know, if your uh, if your pastor, uh, you know, isn't isn't um, uh, what should we say isn't embracing the prophetic culture this is a great place for you to come and get some spiritual oversight too uh, there's a lot of uh, great leaders here and pastors and shepherds beyond Dan and I that you can get connected to and then after the after the conf after the school the prophets there's um, lots of ways to stay connected you have finders we have the SQ Institute we also have, um, you know, a, a prophetic labs that Lindsay does. We have uh, Dan, uh, I'm sorry, we have Ben's 
uh, prophetic schools that he does and community that we, we both do. So there are lots of ways to not just have an experience, but to actually find a family, stay connected, and uh, continue your training and equipping, actually for a lifetime, really. Daniel, thank you so much for being on. I so appreciate your life. You're one of my very closest friends. So glad to be running with you. And uh, you have a great week, Dano. And the rest of you have a great week, too. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. To stay connected, you can sign up for my weekly newsletter at chrisvalentin.com forward slash subscribe. God bless you.